It's fine. <laughs> I can't do this. Perfect. You're listening to The Tales We Tell, a podcast about spooky stories, unsolved mysteries, and local lore. I'm your host, Hannah Parch. And I'm Katie. You almost messed me up. Because <laughs> you laughed when I started. You went in full NPR voice. That's how I always do it. Not quite. You were a little uh, extra well, I feel, NPR-y. I feel in my head that I'm very, like, because my allergies for the first time ever in my life are affecting me. So I feel in my head like I sound really stuffy and, like, whatever. So I was trying extra hard to be, like... You sound like there's a little bit of drainage that you've been dealing with. But there is. Every morning I wake up and my throat hurts. <sighs> Will you tell me what wine we're drinking before I take a sip of it? Yep. <laughs> Katie poured us a weird unlabeled bottle of wine. All right. This wine mm-hmm. is red. Cheers. Yes, it is. Did you make it? That's all I know about it is oh, red. okay. Well, that's not bad. Yeah. This is actually a gift from Mandy, the other pharmacist that Shelton works with. Oh, I, I met her and she's super nice. Isn't she awesome? Yeah. Uh, so Why did she give you unlabeled alcohol? That's because she made it. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Which I was about to say for you. I love that me. the only stipulation that I had to put this liquid into my body was it's red wine. Yeah. It's red and it came it's in a wine, wine bottle. Mm-hmm. It this is not bad for homemade wine. No. I mean yeah. it's not bad at all in general. No, it, dare dare I say it's good. <laughs> dare I say this is good wine. Mm-hmm. Good job, Mandy. Yeah. That has some good body to it. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what it is. I think it might just be like a kind of a generic like red blend type yeah. thing. Because I was talking with her about it a little bit, but we didn't get to talk too much. So I don't know all the details yet. Because mm-hmm. I asked Shelton when he came home with it. Two bottles worth, man. Dang. Very generous. Thank you, Mandy. It's wonderful. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know any other details other than nice. it's homemade. It's red wine. I, I should amend publicly, although Shelton's the only person who said this to um, the other day when I had to go to Walgreens to try and get a rapid COVID test, like an at-home COVID test, mm-hmm. and the pharmacist there was a dick, uh, I texted Shelton because he had offered. He's mm-hmm. like, we have some here if you can't get any. We have uh, some at the house, too. Yeah, that's what he yeah. meant. I texted him first to ask professionally if I could purchase some. He was like, no, there's not any there, but we have some at the house if you need some. And I was like, well, I'm going to run to Walgreens real quick. And, um, and anyways, it was a bad experience. I got some, um, and then I ordered mine from the government or whatever, Mm -hmm. like I should have done. And I texted him and I said, I hate every pharmacist except for you. (laughs) Or like every pharmacist sucks except for you. And I'm going to amend it and say, except for you and Mandy, Mm -hmm. because she has been very pleasant every time I've met her. Yeah. She's great. She gives me my drugs and she's pleasant about it. And not only is she just a good pharmacist and... I love talking with her, uh, but she also makes my husband's life easier because oh, she's go. a really good partner and like teammate and everything. She so. seems like a good person to work with, mm-hmm. and she makes a good wine. Yeah, now that we know. So, and she made a beautiful blanket for Critter. Aww, that's sweet. Mm-hmm. I have a bird story for you, real quick, just because I know how much you love birds. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the story. The story today is not a bird story. But a bird thing happened to me today, and I 
bird thing happened on the okay, way Okay, I'm going to tell you my bad bird story and then my good bird story. Because my first... There's no such thing as a good bird story. <laughs> first story involved... The only good bird story that exists is that time when I was like two when I met Big Bird at Sesame Street on Ice. Oh, wow. That does sound pretty cool. Uh, well, this is my... This is me saying I might not like birds now either. And this bird did nothing to me. Okay, so... <laughs> Uh, if, if our listeners don't know, Jarek likes to call me for, and be dramatic about things that don't warrant drama. So he's He's an effervescent person. (laughs) He very excitable. Yes. He called me, he had just taken the dogs for a walk and he literally called me like a minute after he walked out the door and I was in our kitchen and I could still see him. I was like, what, what do you want? And he was like. I need your help. There's a baby bird out here. And I was like, Fuck. okay, hold on. And he, he, the gist that I got over the phone was Scooby tried to eat it. Uh, the parents were nearby and he needed me to like scoop it up and like put it somewhere safely. No. I was like, okay. So I went and got gloves and I put on gloves because I'm not going to touch a bird without them. Well, also once your scent is on it. It'll be rejected by the parents. Well, let me tell you. I went out there with my gloves and (laughs) I was like, where's the bird? He points across the street at the far end of the neighbor's yard. I was like, how the fuck did the baby bird get like half a block away? He's like, it's over there in the bushes. You'll see it. So I go over to the bushes. Katie, what did I find? A small bird? No. A huge fucking bird. This thing was like... This big, and I'm making approximately the size of a baseball. And it was like... More like a softball, actually. It was round. And I was like, Jarek, this is a huge bird. This doesn't look like a baby bird. And he's like, just pick it up. And I was like, no, I don't want to pick it up. Picking up a wild animal. (laughs) And he's like, it can't fly. Which I was like, you've, you've known this bird for 30 seconds more than me. How do you know that? And he's like, it's not going to bite you. And I was like, you don't know that part. Anyways... I did gingerly pick up this bird. I was not a fan of it. It started to flutter a little bit. Freaked me the hell out. And I took it across the street and I was like, well, where are the parents that you said were like nearby? And also secretly in my head, I was like, how fucking big are the parents if this is the size of the baby? And he's like, well, they went over there by that tree. So just put them down over there. And so I had to like put him down and like kind of give him a little nudge. And he like hopped off peed on my gloves. Glad that I wore them. Anyways, I don't really like birds that much now. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I don't think that was a baby bird. Also, I am now, I think that there is an equal chance that that was an adult bird who was injured or otherwise something happened that it couldn't fly. And that the two birds Jarek thought were its parents were just other birds trying to attack it. And I just delivered it <laughs> to its attack. So, I just, I mean, like, you gotta appreciate, it's really sweet how, A, he wants, you know, to involve you in his life. Like, when he calls about every little thing, and like, I just want to share my life with you. And it's just like, that's that's nice, sweetheart. Thank you. And it is sweet that he cares about the birds. Yeah. And I know he would have done it mm -hmm. had he not had two dogs on the leashes. But uh, it was not a a good experience for me. Also, folks, if you see a wild animal, (laughs) 
don't. Especially if you see like a baby bird or any kind of a baby animal, don't touch it. Yeah. Leave it there. Like you know, if you see a baby deer just chilling. Oh yeah, leave, leave the it deer alone. alone. Mom's coming back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, feel free to like keep an eye on it from a distance and make sure that mom comes mm-hmm. back. But you know, like leave baby. Leave babies alone. I would say with the exception of if you see a turtle in the middle of the road. Then you stop and help them Stop and get it in the direction that it's going. Yeah. Um, um, because, yeah. Turtles won't reject baby turtles because... Also, they, adult turtles need help too. Yeah. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. Is like, no matter if it's, you yeah. know, like, for, for a lot of mammals, like, the deer and birds and stuff, mm-hmm. if they smell humans or whatever... They'll be rejected or abandoned yeah. by their parents. He also Turtles really wouldn't. He framed this to me as a our dog is trying to kill this baby bird. We must save it. it sounds and more like the dogs were aware that there was an animal over there and interested in it. Yeah, I don't. I'm just really shocked at how big the bird was that I had to pick up. Um, my good bird story did not involve me having to touch a bird. Jenna and I went to the sketchy family dollar down the road mm-hmm. today. I and that one. it's, I hate it so much. <laughs> nightmare parking lot. It really is. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we parked in the nightmare parking lot. It's just full of potholes and everything. <laughs> and there was naturally trash everywhere. And there was a big old raven mm-hmm. chilling. Not a crow, a raven. I can tell the difference mm-hmm. now. And he was, um, It honestly, it looked like a pack of Necco wafers. <laughs> he was just like eaten. Um, and I was like, poor taste. Cool. Look at that. And Jenna was like, are you going to take a picture? I was like, yeah, if he, like, doesn't move when I get out of the car. Got out of the car. That f***er picked up the packet of Necco wafers and flew up to the building. And he's like, I'm going to eat these up here. Private dining. Yeah. but Private I was... rooftop dining. <laughs> but I was like, the cool bird. I, I like ravens because they leave me alone and because mm-hmm. they're pretty smart. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to kind of give him, I don't know, I want to learn how to, like, attract them and then befriend them. They Give them gifts. But how do I get them to come to me first? Uh, food usually works. Sometimes shiny objects, I think. I don't know. I'm just going to throw a bunch of shiny objects in my yard. All right. Well, you ready? Let's do it. I'm going to let you decide on cake whenever you want it. We'll go for a little bit and then get to like a nice okay. midway point. Mother, have, Mother's uh, Day cake break. Yeah, we have a But cold. I don't want to wait too long because I want my appetite to come <laughs> back because Shelton made shepherd's pie. Oh, Jarek mm-hmm. is at the store buying um, ravioli. He said I could have anything I wanted. I don't know why because I'm not a mom. It's not like I'm celebrating You're a dog today. mom. I am a dog mom. Thank you for acknowledging that. And my dog daughter dropped her bone on my head this morning while she was in bed with us. Hello. <laughs> um, happy Mother's Day, by the way. Thank you. My first one ever. I know. Very exciting. It's been successful so far. Good. I've been in sweats all day. Lovely. We're wearing the same outfit today. Yeah. Down to the slippers. I know. (laughs) Smart. Um, But also, I know that by the time this comes out, it'll be past Mother's Day, but a happy belated Mother's Day to all of our mothers, both of human babies and, you know, animal moms, stepmoms, adopted moms, people who want to be moms, all of them. We love you. We do. And I am grateful for all the moms in my life, including ones who are just my friends who happen to be moms. As I say, and then friend moms. Friend yeah. moms. Yeah. If the friends who love you like they're your mother and take care of you. Oh my gosh, yes. Also, can we mention, which you brought up yesterday, that we have seen each other every day of the weekend mm-hmm. and one day during the week, which is so, like 
three days in a row plus a Wednesday, which is more than we've seen each other like in the past month. Yes. Um, boom. Also, I got to hold Critter again. Mm-hmm. Uh, still not a fan of me, which is okay. He just cried the whole time, and I'm okay with that. <laughs> well, the, okay, <laughs> it's rigged because uh-huh. if he's like in his car seat and mm-hmm. he's chilling, I'm not mess. I'm not picking him up. I'm well, not gonna upset him. Like, like if you're happy there, you stay right there. Mm-hmm. It's only when I like I only really pick him up when he's already upset. So I'm trying to soothe him. So like. <laughs> Basically, you're, you're starting out from behind already. Yeah. And I'm okay with it because he, as I told Katie, he's really cute when he cries. And he wasn't, like, wailing. He was just, like, not super happy. Yeah. And he doesn't like any of my jokes still, but I looked up some good pharmacist jokes. Oh. Um, so I'm going to try those on him next right. time. I also did give him a little sneak peek of the episode. He didn't like it, so... Up in the air whether whether anyone else is going to like it. <laughs> Critter doesn't like it at all. I also had wine breath. And, I like, I thought later, I was like, he's probably like, who is this weird-ass lady who I vaguely recognize? I'm like a nightmare, probably. I'm sure he does recognize your voice, honestly. He probably can't place it. And then he's like, and now she's, like, whispering weird shit to me. Well, I mean, of all the voices that he should recognize the most, it's mine, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah. even my voice doesn't always soothe and calm him enough to get him to stop crying. Mm. I'll take that as a win. Mm-hmm. And then I bragged, um, this was a baby-heavy mm-hmm. weekend for me, which was wonderful. I bragged prematurely to Katie that my nephew Tolliver... Uh, doesn't cry when I hold him because the last couple times I did hold him, he was just asleep, dead to the world, like happy as can be. And then when I was at Katie's house, I was holding him and he was just not happy and upset. But then I held him again last night and he was uh, just a little angel. Just, I'm, I have so much baby fever right now. It's a problem. <laughs> okay. All right. You ready? Let's do this. Okay. I am going to tell you the story today of, on theme, I mean, not Mother's Day theme, sort of Mother's Day theme. Oh, Lord. Uh, More rabbits? No. The Vampire of Barcelona. Ooh, I love vampire stories. I just like to, I just want to know how many vampires of we can do. Uh, yeah. I feel like there <laughs> should be like a series of them. They're probably, yeah, we'll just. Yeah. There was Dusseldorf. There was another one, right? There was uh, Sacramento. That was mm. the worst one. Yeah. There's Dusseldorf. There was... But the one that was Sacramento I... was, like, barely vampire-y, right? Yeah, he was just, like, unchecked mental health <laughs> of Sacramento. And there was just, like, one instance or something that was, like, tangentially vampire Yeah, he, he, he had a, a fixation on blood, I think, yeah. was... Um, and there was, um, Albert Fish was known as a vampire of something. That's right. Um, and he was so much more than that. Like, <laughs> and then I keep thinking of the werewolf of Bedberg and yeah. I keep trying to lump him in with everything. Uh, speaking of like Albert Fish mm-hmm. also, cause you know how I had to do fun animal facts. Mm-hmm. I meant to bring my, uh, my mother's day gift. <gasps> oh, what was it? Uh, well, other than a bottle of very expensive wine, uh-huh. uh, I got a book. Mm-hmm. That said, there's moms that are way worse than you. <gasps> Shut up. Is about animal moms? Yes. I love that. So uh, I meant kind to bring it for today. a backhanded compliment. Right? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's it's like a, uh, like a picture book. Uh-huh. 
about all these different animals and animal moms and how they kind of suck. There's also several pages about animal dads and how they suck, too. Okay. You know what? You could save that for when Critter is in his, like, rebellious stage and he's like, I hate you. You're the worst mom. And he, like, slams his door. You can just slide that sucker under the door. At least I'm not as bad as a cuckoo bird. I could have left you in somebody (laughs) else's nest. You know what? That's At what least that... I'm not a giraffe. I didn't kick you until you learned how to walk. Oh, no. Do giraffes do that? Apparently. Jeez. They didn't show that on that giraffe uh, live feed. Yeah. Remember that? Remember mm-hmm. before COVID where we were all obsessed with watching a giraffe have a baby? Yeah. There was also Fiona the hippo. I don't remember. That everyone was all about. Like, they're still all about Fiona, but, like, <laughs> less so. But, yeah, no, apparently, you know, giraffes give birth standing up, too. Mm-hmm. So there's the fall. Yeah. Yikes. And then it's like, hey, get up. <laughs> Come on, come on, we gotta go. We gotta move. It's the Sahara or wherever Mm -hmm. they live. Okay, well, this vampire uh, is actually named, and I really, I should have looked up the pronunciation, but I just had a way of saying it in my head, and I just said it a bunch. Uh, How how do you say the uh, curved blade for Mm -hmm. harvesting wheat? A scythe. Hey, she got it. Okay, and you know I remembered it because of the last text you sent me about it. You said, sigh. Like, huh. The. <laughs> Still should be skith, but whatever. Enriqueta Marti Ripolis, or Ripoyes. Okay. I'm just going to call her Enriqueta because that's what we go by. That's like Enrique, but the girl version, I assume. In, in sure. Enriqueta. So she was born in 1868. Is this a female vampire? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A vampress. A vampress, if you will. Yeah. Uh, See, Mother's Day adjacent. Finally, we we need some female representation here. (laughs) Well, get ready. She is just one to represent. Uh, So she is born in 1868 in San Felian Clobrega. Not important. She moves to Barcelona. (laughs) Um, as a young woman, and begins working as a nanny and a maidservant. But by 16, she was like, you know where I can make a lot more money? Uh, the red light district? Yeah. And not just the red light district. She gets a job at a high-class brothel. So she's like a fancy sex worker. Oh, okay. It's like one of those high-class, uh, fa- they're the expensive escorts. Yeah. And I swear there's a show about, it's like Bridgerton, but the brothel version. Hmm. And I don't remember what it's called, but it was really good. And it stars Liv Tyler as one of, like, the... I think as one of, like, the, the ladies in charge. That's, the madam. The madam, if you will. That's what I assume this is like, is, like, one of the fancy places. Okay. Um, in 1895, she gets married to a painter. But they did not have a good marriage. And according to him, she had a bunch of affairs. She had an unpredictable character. And so they separated and got back together, like, six times. But it was not a stable marriage. So, by painter, you mean he was an artist? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, no, not to, sh- you know, throw some shade on artists, but I feel like typically yeah. <laughs> they can tend to be a little temperamental and fickle as well. So. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, like, the 1890s, like, the heyday of, of some good early modern art... He wasn't well-known enough that his name was highlighted on the Wikipedia page, so I didn't really look any further into him. 
I was like, I oh. mean, volatile relationships like that, she was probably his muse, right? Possibly. I mean, she probably, you know, messed him up. He painted some really great works because of it. Things were good, so they got back together, and then... Not not enough great works to, to get him his own Wikipedia page, though. I guess not. Or for me to bother writing his name down. <laughs> In 1909, uh, she opened up her own high-class brothel, and she attracted really wealthy clientele, and she was willing to accommodate eccentric requests for a premium price. So... She specialized in fetishes. Yes, but unfortunately, by eccentric, I just mean pedophilic uh, requests. So she was able and willing to... No longer respect. Yeah. Uh, Able and willing to produce children to, quote unquote, work at the brothel, but as we know... So she was a sex trafficker. Yes, 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 yes. Um, And the way she would get these children is she would dress up as a beggar and just hang out in the poorer parts of the city and just look for unaccompanied children between the ages of 5 and 15. And not, like, strictly those ages. If she saw, like, a 16-year-old, she wouldn't be like, "Mm, too Too old. I mean, (laughs) unfortunately, some people look at them and say, yep, 16's too old. Yeah, well, in 1909, 16 is probably, like... Adult and married. Yeah. So she would abduct these children that were unaccompanied, and she would force them to, quote, work in her brothel. Sometimes she even stood in bread lines at local monasteries to scope out kids. And when she wasn't doing this, she was on the opposite side of town in the wealthier areas of the city to advertise her services. So... In addition to the brothel, Enriqueta also had a side hustle of selling powerful anti-aging elixirs, creams, and potions also to the rich. So she claimed to have cures for many incurable diseases, including tuberculosis, uh, which particularly for that one, she said, if you drink the blood of children, you would be cured. Wealthy clients were willing to pay really high prices for these, and naturally, the creams and potions were made from, do you want to guess? Dead children was the answer. She would make them from dead children. And so it turns out she wasn't just kidnapping kids and, uh, you know, facilitating their rape, but she was also murdering them. She would use the fat, blood, hair, and bones Um, for these potions, and it was also a convenient way for her to get rid of the bodies. Is there, is there numbers associated, like this? Um. I know, it was probably a weird question for me to start with, but I'm, uh, Your Honor, I have a, I'm going somewhere (laughs) with my line of questioning. I think, so, there's kind of a twist to this story that I'll get to kind of at the end, perhaps at the cake break. Uh, (laughs) I'm definitely going to need cake for this one. I think I would, well, I think she has been accused of like 20 plus. I think there was maybe evidence, reported evidence of maybe like 10-ish. But it's kind of hard to say because kids were just going missing all the time at this point. Yeah. And... It was kind of one of those... a lot of forensic science available, too. Yeah, remember blood spatter wasn't invented until 
like a lot later. I forgot what episode that was from. But. Uh, so I, where I was going with the mm-hmm. how many, I mean, it's a poor business model to steal these children for, mm-hmm. you know, to basically sell them, but then to, to kill them. Like, yeah, you know, like if, if you've got egg laying hens to get eggs, mm-hmm. it's a poor business model to then kill those chickens for their meat. And it's well, like, oh, well, you stopped making eggs. I don't know where I was really going with it. I'm just well, I'm just wondering, like... I would also think, which this is... I would imagine they don't have decent conditions. I wonder if... I don't think she's using all of... She's not doing, like, a like a buffalo where you use every part of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, wow, I just compared a dead child to a buffalo. Sorry. Um, mm-hmm. No, I, I haven't even, but... like, I've, I've let a couple of, like, questions and sentences just kind of stop because I don't want to finish the thought. Yeah, um, you're right. It, it's not, uh, you're having to, to kidnap a lot more kids if your model is use some of them for the brothel and then kill some of them for potions. Or basically use them up in the brothel because some of them are probably, yeah might be physically abused beyond the yeah it's the the clientele there's no telling (laughs) like if they're messed up enough to want to do this to children there's no telling what else they're doing yeah um you know nobody you know there's no telling what kind of care they're receiving Mm -hmm. so i don't know if some of them are just kind of getting useless and no longer desirable and so she's like oh well you know you're not bringing in the money you were supposed to so yeah let's just kill you or are they getting sick and dying that was where my questioning was coming from too with like how many yeah and this is another horrible thought that (sighs) is now in my head but right i would kind of wonder too like if Oh man, uh-huh. this is really I don't this like is that. bad stuff for me to say. But like, if a child has kind of uh, been used up in the mind of someone like this who thinks that the the like the body of a child is what you need to make these like magical potions, would you want to use the child that has endured all of this abuse, or would you? Do you want, yeah, if you're looking for the fountain of youth. Yeah. Do you want a child that the you muddy just... well or the pristine well? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which, again, sounds horrible. <laughs> feels awful to say. But it's one of those things I think that you just kind of got to, like, clinically detach yourself yep. from and don't think too yep, much yep, about. Yep. So, and the reason I was asking, too, that before I went down that line of questioning of the, you know, the poor business model. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Was also, like, the clientele for her her, her beauty products. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously they're aware of the main ingredient. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they aware of the source uh, for it? Like, like we were just talking about, like... Yeah. Do they care that these children have been kidnapped and severely abused before being basically sacrificed Yeah, for their... I would kind of imagine it's like a, either a don't ask, don't tell, or it is something where she is going to tell them whatever they want to hear about how she got the child. Like, she, yeah. you know, like this cream was made, you know, f- or the, you know, whatever. Yeah, this is your 
Fountain of Youth. Yeah, from, like, you a know, young... daily moisturizer. Yeah, and, like, you know, it was a young, healthy, mm-hmm. you know, whatever child with, you know, beautiful, glowing skin and, and whatever, but the reality is much different. Yeah, it probably is a don't ask, don't tell kind of a thing, because um, I know that, like, I try with all of my, you know, hygiene and beauty products, like my mm-hmm. shampoos and moisturizers, all that jazz, you know, I try to vote with my dollar kind of a thing. I only yeah. purchase um, cruelty-free products. Right. And there's been several beauty products, like I had a face primer mm-hmm. that I loved. Company was not cruelty-free. So I am like, well, do I want a pretty face or, <laughs> like, what's what's more important? Yeah. A, you know, smooth, poreless face yeah. Or my morals. <laughs> and I would imagine if you were buying something that you know is made from the body of a child, you're probably not super concerned about the ethical. Yeah, probably not. Part like, I mean, if you're intentionally seeking out that ingredient. Yeah. Which would kind of be on par of like, I'm intentionally looking for the shampoo that they test on bunnies that burns their skin off. Yeah. Which, by the way, yes, I, I definitely chose my morals over the whole face <laughs> primer thing because I hardly wear makeup as is. Like, it really wasn't that hard of a choice. It was just disappointing. And then this week's um, And actually, I think since then, that company has gone cruelty-free. Oh, good. So, but yeah. So we don't need to post a close-up picture of your pores in this week's. <laughs> oh, I forgot. You know what? I don't even know where my phone is. I did have a picture of Enriqueta. Okay. I can find one on here real quick. Oh, 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 there she was. I'm also not trying to be soapboxy or oh, no, anything no, no. like that. I'm just You're saying fine. my personal preference is if the product is not tested on animals, I'll buy it. All the better. So this is Enriqueta. Hmm. She's got some big sleeves. Mm-hmm. She's got an interesting look on her face. Like She does. She's like definitely has that kind of like tough... No nonsense, like definitely that that attitude that I feel like a madam of a brothel would have. Mm-hmm. But there's there's something else to it that I've. She kind of she almost has like a like a naive. Na- mm, hold on, how do a I say A little bit of naivete. Thank you. Uh, yeah, because I, I think it's because she is very young. Yeah, she looks. There's like a weird like softness to her as yeah. well. Yeah, but she looks like she's been like, through the ringer herself mm-hmm. so much that she's just kind of made it okay in a way, mm-hmm. like, rationalized in her head. And that's how she's been able to detach. Like, she, there's the softness, but also, like, myth, like you can tell that she's lacking empathy. Yeah. Still. And I uh, will say, I think it, it is clear that she suffered from some kind of mental illness or something was going on mentally that was not 100% just, like, cold-hearted psychopath. She did have some mental... I don't even know. Where she... Maybe she didn't quite... Or she saw things as okay... Yeah. That weren't okay. If that makes any sense. Yeah, you know, I, I think I know what you're trying to say there. Like... I have an example for, for later that'll... You've got to have some sort of screws loose or mm-hmm. have experienced some sort of, like major trauma that has shaped your worldview. At the very least, like, if you are not, like, truly screwy, Mm -hmm. you've got to have some sort of 
traumatic experience that has shaped your worldview mm-hmm. that allows you to perceive this is okay. Yes. Whereas, like, I'm considered neurodivergent. You mm-hmm. know, like, people like ADHD, yeah. autism, dyslexia, stuff, stuff like that. Those kind of mental disorders, whatever. I don't even like <laughs> using the word yeah. disorder for that. It's just our brains are wired differently. We see the world differently and, you know, mm-hmm. react and respond to it doesn't mean that I think it's okay to kidnap uh, and solicit and then murder children. Yeah. And it doesn't mean, it doesn't make it, it's not an excuse for anyone doing that regardless. I mean, it, yeah. like the vampire of Sacramento, mm-hmm. whose name I keep forgetting, Chase, Robert, something. His um, name is not as important as his victims. Uh, yeah. Um, he clearly suffered from a lot of mental problems, um, paranoia. I mean, his, his whole thing was he was driven by paranoia. He believed that his blood was turning to powder and he had to mm-hmm. take that from other people. Does not in any way excuse the horrific things he did. It's just kind of another thing. It explains it a little bit. Yeah. It doesn't excuse it. Yes, exactly. I don't see an explanation for her. <laughs> other than it's the early 1900s. Life is tough for a person. It's especially tough for a woman. Yeah. And she's making her way a way that she knows how and somehow has justified and her mind is right. Yeah. And it also might be one of those things that she hasn't fully justified. Like, yes, this is okay. Yeah. It might be one of those things that uh, I'm going to, you know, just kind of grin and bear like... I just, this is a means to an end. I just need to do this for a little while. Yeah. This is get me from A to B. And once I've made it here, Mm -hmm. then I can be a good person. It's kind of like, okay, I don't want to eat fast food. Right. But it's all I can afford right now. Right. Uh, So I just need to eat fast food now Mm -hmm. so I can, you know, work. Yeah. And, uh, you know, like not spend money on organic food so I can save up. So then I'll have enough money that I can eat healthier or whatever. It's not a great example, but. It's not the worst example. So in July of 1909, Enriqueta is arrested at her apartment on suspicion of running a brothel that offered services for children, which she was doing. Yay that there's (laughs) rules in place for. Punishing that. However. Yeah, that's why I didn't get my hopes up too much. Because of her connections with the wealthy, aka Mm -hmm. because all of her clients were super wealthy and had a lot of connections, she, this, this arrest didn't go anywhere. She's never tried, I think, for that. So she just gets arrested and then gets released. Mm -hmm. So she had at least three different apartments and several different properties throughout Barcelona, She used one apartment, allegedly, for killing, dismembering, and making her potions. And then she had a separate one where she lived with the kids that she kidnapped. So she had a workshop. A studio. Yeah, she had a little studio, if you will. (laughs) Uh, And then, so she would, the kids she kidnapped, she would live with them in her apartment. And I think she would kind of act like they were her own children. That's how she got away with. Groom them. Yeah. And then she. Both literally and figuratively. Yeah, Exactly. Um, and then she had a really nice apartment, and that was the brothel. Because, you know, you, if you go to a brothel, you want it to feel mm-hmm. like home. You don't want to feel, like, skeezy. Oh, well, like, come on. If you're going to have a tryst with a 12-year-old, you want to do it on silk sheets, not a, you yeah. know. Paying for the experience. A moldy palette in a back room somewhere. Yeah, you don't want to feel dirty about what you're yeah. doing. 
No. <laughs> you want to feel like, uh, you know, you're really doing right by this yeah. kid. Yeah, yeah. I've been taking. I'm just gonna finish my drink. Yeah, my my sarcasm. It's just painful to get through, and my dark humor. It still just hurts. Isn't this a great episode for Mother's Day? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Oh, sorry, mom. Which reminds me, I need to call my mom. (laughs) I called her the other day. Call her and tell her, hey, you're a fantastic mom. Thank you for never letting me get kidnapped to be forced into a this brothel. This is true. My mom is a fantastic mom. Just throwing that out there. And she never let me get kidnapped. She did let me run away one time. Oh, who doesn't run away? I ran down the street and... Uh, <laughs> I feel like letting your kid run away is like actually good parenting as long as you don't let them get too far. Do you know how I got home? Hmm. So I ran, I ran away. I don't... I, couldn't tell you what I was mad about. Ran down to the end of our street. Mm-hmm. I think I packed a little That's bag. That's about as far everyone yeah. that I've talked to about running away literally <laughs> gets like down the street or halfway down the yeah. block or something. My mom picked me up because she was driving back from picking up the babysitter and she had pizza. And so I got in the van. I saw a video of a little boy like running away from home and like... The dad is narrating, like, oh, yep, no, he said he was leaving, so he packed his stuff, and he's gone, and oh, no, he realized he forgot to pack snacks, that's why he's on his way back. Like, you see the kid, like, he's going, he's determined, you just uh-huh. see that he's just, like, his brain is still working, and then he just kind of, like, stops, and is like, oh, crap, I forgot my pizza rolls, or whatever. And he turns around, and he's all just, like, so, Burr. Yeah. But the caption is literally, like, gave up on running away from home because he forgot to pack snacks. <laughs> True story. All I needed was pizza and probably my favorite babysitter. Mm-hmm. She was one of the college, local college kids. She's really cool. I assume that's all who babysat for me. This episode of The Tales We Tell is brought to you by The Crafty Criminologist. Do you love cute and creepy stationery and stickers? What about ghoulish earrings and adorable ghosts? then check out The Crafty Criminologist on Etsy and Instagram. She makes stickers, jewelry, study guides, and more. Just go to etsy.com and search at Crafty Criminologist and be sure to use code THETALESWETELL at checkout for 15% off your order. That's THETALESWETELL for 15% off. So, Enriqueta has had her multiple apartments Mm -hmm. for different things. Mm Mm-hmm. It was also common knowledge in Barcelona that poor children were disappearing and had been disappearing for the past three years. But because they were poor, surprise, surprise, the police didn't really care. Nobody cares. No one cares. Until February 10th, 1912, Parasita Guitart Congost, who was seven, disappeared. And this time the public was like, We've had enough. The police aren't doing shit. This little girl disappeared. Was she just adorable? Probably. I don't know. I assume all the kids that disappeared were, like, pretty cute in their own way. But well, they're kids. I know. But some kids <laughs> don't aren't that cute. Remember, we yeah, had but, the discussion, and you then... luckily had a cute child. <laughs> For now. I think all kids are cute in their own way. Even if they don't look cute, they act cute. And you can find like, a cute, okay. Yeah. You can find a cute picture for their, like, missing. As Shelton post. says about the critter, he's a cute little f***. 
<laughs> he is cute, though. Oh, my gosh. Um, yes, we do swear in front of our child. Deal uh, he with it. doesn't. He can't tell. <laughs> I saw a t-shirt the other day that I wanted. It says, good moms say bad words. Yeah, they do. Ah! Yeah, they do. <laughs> so, the public was like, we're going to start looking for this kid because... The police aren't doing anything. So it just became more of a public thing than all of the other kids who disappeared. On February 17th, so a week after Teresita disappeared, Mm -hmm. a woman named Claudia Elias became suspicious when she saw a strange child peering out the first floor window of her neighbor's house at 29 Carrere Ponent. That was just the address of the house. Her neighbor... I feel like you're trying to pronounce this as all French, but it's... I know. I think I am, too. In Barcelona, it should be. Well, Carrere Street, mm-hmm. 29 Carrere Ponent. I'm just going, going with that. So, Claudia is suspicious. She sees, this, <laughs> she sees this child, and her neighbor was Enriqueta. Ooh, surprise. The child she saw was a small girl with a shaved head, and when Claudia asked Enriqueta about her... Enriqueta didn't respond and instead closed the window. Which, by the way, if you want to make me hella suspicious, mm-hmm. when I ask a question, avoid the question and quickly go inside. Like, Especially if it's about a child that you know is not the, yeah. the neighbor's child. You could have just said, that's my niece. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Like, if, if, if I have a neighbor that all of a sudden has a child working, or around... Uh-huh. I'd, I'd be a little curious. Yeah. You'd be like, who's that kid? But, you know, also, one of my neighbors, he does have, or he used to, uh, when his boys were in middle and high school, mm-hmm. I think he had a couple of his his kids' friends would come over and they'd do chores around the house because um, their home life wasn't great, so mm-hmm. he was giving these kids an opportunity to, like, Aww. earn some, some cash and yeah. everything and just time out of the house and such. And you asked a lot of intrusive questions, and he told no, no. He was this was like about the time that he was going through a divorce and became overly chatty with Uh, us. He just uh, before he started hoarding cars. (laughs) Oh (laughs) jeez, the situation has improved for now. Good, good. Um, So Claudia rightfully is like, well, that's hella suspicious. So Mm -hmm. she goes to who? The mattress maker down the street, and. (laughs) <laughs> the mattress man? The mattress man! <laughs> Who lives on Drury Carrera? <laughs> yes? No? Yes. She's married to the, the mattress, mattress man. man. The mattress man? The, the mattress, mattress man! man. <laughs> oh, what a good movie. So, the and she tells the mattress man, she's like, hey, something weird going on. Um, and she also told him... <laughs> Of the, quote, strange life her neighbor was living. Which I want to know, Claudia, what else have you seen? And why are you, why is this the first time you're reporting this? So the mattress maker tells a local law enforcement officer who then tells the chief of police. And surprisingly, they took it seriously. Hmm. So on February 20th. Well, it came from a man. That's true. That's actually, Claudia is very smart. That's probably why she did it. Mm -hmm. She's like, I got to tell a man about this. So on February 27th, police found Enriqueta at Orlandina Street, which is just somewhere in Barcelona. And they told her that there had been complaints about chickens in her apartment and they needed to investigate. 
Which I really hope they just made that up on the spot. They're like, we need a reason to go back home with her. Chickens. Someone complained that there are chickens in your apartment. So she's like, well, that's weird, but okay, I guess you can come back with me. So they go back to the apartment, and when they get there, police find two young girls inside. One was Teresita, and the other was a girl named Angelita. And when interrogated about this, Enriqueta claimed that she had found Teresita the day before, lost and hungry, just taken her in. But, didn't know who she was. And didn't know who she was. <laughs> but Claudia was like, no, no. <laughs> Several days ago was when I saw her. So they take the children into custody. And Teresetta tells police that Enriqueta had approached her on the street and promised her candies if she came with her. Fun fact, I read the word candies as candles twice while I was doing this. And I had a whole note where I was going to be like, oh, candles, what a great treat for a child. And then as I was writing that, I reread it for a third time. And I was like, aha, oh, candies. That makes more sense. <laughs> yeah, no, candles will get you, uh, you know, I mean, white, white bitches out of bed. I was going to say, I love a good candle. <laughs> but candies makes Are more sense. Are these scented? It was like a Bed Bath & Beyond special. So, Enriqueta convinced Teresita to come with her. When Teresita realized they were going, like, further than she was comfortable with, uh-huh. she tried to be like, no, no, let me go back to my mom. Enriqueta covered her with a black sheet and just took her away. Took her to the apartment, cut all of her hair off, told her her name was now Felicidad, which I might have written that wrong, because that doesn't sound right. Uh... <laughs> She told her, you don't have parents anymore. You need to call me mom. Fed her stale bread and potatoes and forbid her to go near the windows, on the balcony, or in several of the rooms in the home. And when she was being bad, she would pinch her. uh, And this was presented as like, instead of beating her, she would pinch her, which... Interesting form of punishment slash correction. Yeah, it sounds very Salem Witch Trials to me. <laughs> so, one day while Enriqueta was out, Teresita and Angelita decided that they were going to go into one of the rooms where they had been told they weren't allowed. Mm-hmm. And inside that room, they found a sack with bloody clothes and also a bloody boning knife. And they were probably like, let's suspicious. stay out of this room. <laughs> Police interviewed Angelita, who Enriqueta initially claimed that Angelita was her daughter by her ex-husband, although he denied that. And then later, Enriqueta claimed that she had actually taken Angelita from her sister-in-law as a newborn, like she had been there at the birth, and she had told her sister-in-law that the child had been stillborn. But in, in reality, she had taken her. Which kind's of messed up. Yeah. And that was going to be my example of, like, her justifying something in her head as, like, I don't know, like, this is okay. I'm going to give this child a better life. So I'm just going to tell this little lie and then take her. And I don't know. So, Angela. a whole can of ethical worms. I don't even want to go near. It's a lot. So, Angelita could not remember her real last name. 
But she told police that before Teresita came, there had been a little boy who was five years old and his name was Pepito. And she also told police that she had seen Enriqueta kill Pepito on the kitchen table. So, so not remembering the last name thing, I wonder, A, how long mm-hmm. she'd been there, and B, uh, I think I've told this story too before, but when I was in kindergarten or pre-K, I can't remember what it was, but there was the different, uh, like, play areas of the room, mm-hmm. like, there's the castle, and there's the kitchen, and other things that, mm-hmm. in order to have permission to play in these areas, mm-hmm. you had to memorize things like your parents' names, your phone number, and your address. Aww. Stuff like that, like, important information so that, like, if you were ever kidnapped or lost or anything like that. I think that was more the the, the way it was presented. Like, if you ever get lost, you know, find a policeman and tell them, you know, your last name and where you live or your parents' name or you give your home phone number. If you ever get lost, this is how you call home, all that jazz. That's a really good idea. Mm -hmm. Especially nowadays where, where like, no one knows anyone's phone number. Mm Mm-hmm. I was really proud of myself because I just, for the first time ever in six years, wrote down Jarek's phone number on, like, a medical form without having to check my phone. <laughs> so, we'll a thousand percent be doing that for my child. Remember your phone number. Um, so, Enriqueta is arrested, and she's detained at Reina Amalia Prison. And while she's detained, police do their investigation... So, they searched 29 Carrer Ponent, and they noted that it was sparsely decorated and it smelled really bad. They found the sack of bloody clothes and the boning knife that the girls had found, and they found another sack of dirty clothes and at least 30 small human bones that showed evidence of having been burnt. There was a separate room that was nicely decorated and didn't smell bad and had a wardrobe that had nice clothes for children. And then in a locked room, they found jars, pitchers, and bowls of human remains, such as lard, congealed blood, hair, powdered bone, and skeletons of just hands? Question mark. I don't know why just the hands. Um, and then also pots and jars of already prepared ointments and potions that were ready to sell. At other properties, because remember she had like a whole bunch of properties, they found human remains in the walls and the ceilings. In the garden of one of the houses, they found the skull of a three-year-old child and bones that belonged to a three-year-old, a six-year-old, and an eight-year-old. And some of the bones still had pieces of clothing attached that indicated that they were from poor families. There were more human remains found in vases and jars. There were books full of remedies that I guess she was making. And then there were books of handwritten recipes and potions, packages of letters and notes written in code. And then there was a list of names. And there were names of important slash wealthy people and families in Barcelona. Um, Doctors, politicians, uh, bankers, etc. And... That information was leaked to the public, and rumors, of course, started uh, circulating that this was a list of her clients. Mm -hmm. And the public was rightfully really mad because they were like, well, none of these people are going to pay for their crimes. Like, obviously, she did a bunch of bad stuff. Mm -hmm. But also, here's a list of people who probably either paid for potions made of children 
or at the very least raped children. And like, they're not wrong. Those people are not going to pay for those crimes. Um, but police released newspaper articles that claimed that the list of names were people or families that Enriqueta had begged for and or otherwise scammed. And I have no idea how much truth, like, because that's what the police released and the other stuff is rumors, they, like, never set the record straight on what, what it was. Oh. <laughs> this is heavy. I'm just <clears throat> trying to let you get through it at this point. So, Enriqueta claimed that the human bones found in on her properties were because she studied human anatomy. Um, police questioned if she had burned or cooked them because they showed evidence of that. And eventually, she confessed to using children as, quote, raw material for her potions and creams and such. She also confessed to providing children for pedophiles at her brothel. But she refused to disclose the names of any of her clients. And there was speculation that this is because she already knew that, like, she was going to jail anyway. So, like, Mm -hmm. what's the point? The point is, even if you can't take them down with you, at least throw, you know, speculation their way. Yeah. So, like, yeah, probably a lot of these people... We'll get off scot-free. Mm-hmm. Probably a good bit of them will survive with their reputations intact, but at least potentially try to take some of them down. Yeah. I'm thinking more likely she didn't give any names so that she could ensure a cushy time in jail. Yeah, she... They kind of give the, the it's like, if I can't escape punishment for my crime, I can at least soften the blow. Yeah, she's going to, like, maintain her reputation with the, the wealthy. Mm-hmm. Regarding Pepito, Enriqueta claimed that his family had kind of surrendered him to her after they were unable to provide for him. She claimed that he had gotten sick and, quote, gone to the country, which... Kind of like, uh, oh, we sent your, you know, your dog to the farm. Yeah, it's not, not the best excuse. Um, she wasn't able to identify the family who gave him to her. And it also turns out that some of the human remains in her apartment belong to Pepito. So, not a lot of credibility to her story. Another woman recognized Enriqueta and accused her of kidnapping her infant son in 1906. And according to this woman, Enriqueta had shown some kind of kindness to this woman after, like, a long journey. Like, this woman had been traveling and Enriqueta had done something nice for her and so the woman had allowed her to hold her baby and um look here you look tired why don't you like you know rest yeah you know you can you know wash up here's have some food i'll hold your baby while you eat something yeah, yeah. which <laughs> unfortunately was also the excuse i was using yesterday at the party it's like oh do you need to eat let me hold the baby while you do it well, you're also not going to kidnap any of these babies. this is true also i mean my- sure you might have baby fever but it's but it's enough for me to just snuggle them right now. Yeah. As soon as mine starts howling like a spider monkey, you'll give them back. I mean, not necessarily. I'll just continue to try to force him to love me. Uh, so Enriqueta had made some kind of excuse to walk away with the child and disappeared. Um, although Enriqueta never confessed to killing any of the children. Are you ready for the twists? Yes, please. Okay. (laughs) 
According to writer Jordi Corominas and historian Elsa Plaza, Enriqueta may not have been a murderer at all, but instead a woman who was suffering from physical and mental disease and was used as a scapegoat by the state. So, so is this a twist or a conspiracy theory? Um, both. Because right. I'm, I don't know, like, I got through all of that, and then I got to the, to this part, and I was like, fuck. <gasps> I don't know how to feel. Okay, so, apparently Angelita was actually Enriqueta's niece by her ex-husband's sister. There had been... The one that she actually had, or the one that she stole? <laughs> The one that she had. Okay. And it's unclear why Angelita was living with Enriqueta, but she was apparently related to her. There had been some kind of infant death in Enriqueta's life. I don't know who it was. And apparently Enriqueta was so devastated by this death that her grief is kind of what caused her to kidnap Ter- uh, Teresita. Thank you. Possibly as wanting a companion for Angelita, who she was already caring for. It is also really well documented that at the time, Enriqueta was suffering from late stage uterine cancer that caused regular vaginal bleeding. And according to Coraminas, the bloody clothes found in Enriqueta's apartment were her own clothes and her own blood. And the, quote, skeletal remains that were found were likely taken from a cemetery um, and used, like, as amulets. So, like, she was still using bones and stuff, but she was, in this version, she's not killing children. She's just grave robbing. So, we've talked several times before about how, um, like, loss of a child, miscarriage, mm-hmm. such like that, can really, like, that's, that's serious trauma mm-hmm. and... You know, if it's not addressed or dealt with properly, you know, in some people, it can lead to serious mental issues. And so if she's experienced other types of trauma on top of maybe, you know, losing her own kids, like if she's got uterine cancer and having this regular bleeding outside of regular bleeding. Yeah. (laughs) uh, Sorry, shouldn't be laughing. We've felt a lot worse this episode. I know, I know. But no, like, perhaps, like, maybe she's had multiple miscarriages or something. And then now that she's got this disease that's causing this blood, like, there's, it, what if it's triggering her, her memories of these very painful traumatic experiences of Mm -hmm. these miscarriages and it's just all fuel to the crazy fire. Right. Also, again, like we kind of joked about, uh, the neighbor telling the mattress man, Mm -hmm. uh, and then all of a sudden... He tells the, you know, the authorities, and now his story holds water because he's a man. Yep. You know, this is still a time where, you know, the, to the, to the victor go the spoils. Mm-hmm. You know, history is written by the, the victors, so her story has probably been told and written by men or people who yeah. have not lived her experience or don't understand and, you know, don't yeah. fully know. So and- she could just be a poor, crazy woman. Who has been painted yeah. in a very negative light. Or yeah. she could be just as freaking crazy as the whole story implies. Yeah. Says. Um, yeah, because it, it is very likely that, like, the worst thing she did was grave rob and kidnap a child with more or less good intentions. 
Corominas, the historian, or sorry, the writer, explains that most of the initial reports about Enriqueta weren't further investigated. So, and it was based on like the first information or rumors that came out and it wasn't followed up on. So like everything we have is based on this initial kind of like... Objection, hearsay. Yeah. Like TMZ reports. Like this is all basically a TMZ report, but that's all we have. Like CNN didn't go in and like do a follow-up investigation. So the human remains uh, that were found Which could also be why she never testified against her wealthy uh, patrons. Yeah, because they didn't exist. They didn't because ex- she didn't do this. Yeah. So the the human remains were also apparently found to be just animal remains that were used for cooking, and apparently this was like revealed at the time, like by a doctor who's doing the investigating. And when he revealed this, reporters who were on this story and who were, like, there to sensationalize it, like, all but attacked this doctor who was like, oh, they're not human remains, actually. They're just, like, regular animal remains. There were a ton of missing children in Barcelona, um, and there was a big problem with um, exploitation and human trafficking. Barcelona was a major exporter of pornography to the rest of Europe and to America, and there were brothels that exploited children. Uh, shortly before Enriqueta's arrest, one such brothel was shut down uh, with the owner arrested, but not the clients, obviously. And basically, Enriqueta might have just been a convenient scapegoat for a tabloid media because... Everyone's looking for a boogeyman. Yeah. It's so much easier and it's much more comforting to believe mm-hmm. in one person who has committed a whole slew of atrocities mm-hmm. than several mm-hmm. other monsters who have done this. Like, it's, yeah. it's so much easier to convince yourself that one person has kidnapped and, and abused and murdered even, you know, tens to or, and plus children as opposed to lots of... Of other monsters who have only kidnapped one or two kids or what have you. Yeah. It was easy to, like, this explained all the missing children. And like you said, instead Mm -hmm. of there being this systematic problem. Neat little ugly bow. Yeah. Instead of, like, there's a systematic problem in Barcelona with Mm -hmm. child brothels. It's, there's one woman and she's kidnapping all the children. Mm -hmm. Not only is she exploiting them for sex she is also murdering them and using them for potions yeah it's not a societal problem by any means it's this one bad actor yeah there's not a problem with the system Mm -mm, everything's perfectly fine there yep and of of course it was a woman who did have mental problems Mm -hmm. who was literally dying Mm -hmm. of cancer and the clients who were like actually raping children and contributing to this problem were not held accountable because it was all pinned on... They're somehow not the criminals. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah. Not not to mention that the uh, the industry wouldn't even exist without them. Mm. You know, these... Yeah. Ugh, these Without the predators, the uh, brothels wouldn't exist. But yeah. sure, sure, let's... Let's go after the small <laughs> business owners. <laughs> so, Enriqueta remained... Painful. I know. I'm sorry. Uh, she remained at Reina Amalia prison to await trial. She did attempt suicide at least once while she was there. 
Um, and the public obviously was like a, very much against her. They wanted her executed by mm-hmm. Garrett, uh, which is basically a garrot. Garrot. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, so strangled. Yeah, basically strangled to death. Um, and authorities had to make an announcement. Like, Garrett, my brother. <laughs> yeah, him. They wanted him to come in and, <laughs> and kill her by garrot. So authorities had garroted to... by Garrett. <laughs> they really should make the. Garrotter, someone named Garrett. Garrett the Garrotter. Garrett the Garrotter. They had to make an announcement to, like, ensure the public to, like, calm them down that they had taken every measure to prevent her from killing herself. Mm -hmm. Because, God forbid. So, on May... I demand satisfaction. On... Which, funny that they could, you know, keep her from killing herself. But, you know, Jeffrey Epstein just... Different episodes. Sorry, sorry, sorry. On May 12th, 1913, Enriqueta was attacked by fellow inmates and killed. What I read was that she was lynched, which I don't know if that exclusively means she was hanged or just killed by a mob, but she was killed. Uh, So there were rumors that her clients had paid inmates to kill her to ensure that she did not reveal their names, although it is just as likely that inmates heard hey, this woman killed women for mm-hmm. potions and decided to kill her. Yeah, because we all, it's, it's kind of common knowledge that um, pedophiles and other child abusers are the lowest of the low on yeah. totem, totem poles in prison. Yeah. Like, even even criminals <laughs> have other murderers and <laughs> yeah. other bad guys are yeah. like, even we know that. Well, Jeffrey Dahmer was killed in prison, right? I don't know, actually. He was. I'm stating that as fact. Well, then don't ask me. Okay, well, sorry. I thought you might know more than me. Um, <laughs> Not about Dahmer, apparently. Um, Enriqueta's death certificate listed uterine cancer as her cause of death. Hmm. Which, okay. And she never ended up going to trial for her alleged crimes. So she was put in jail, killed by inmates... And everyone just said, well, she's dead now. Let's not even bother with anything else. And then probably no one ever got kidnapped or sex trafficked ever again in Barcelona. And they all lived happily ever after. (laughs) And that is the story of maybe the vampire of Barcelona. Sorry, I had to wait till the very end because I didn't want to give away the conspiracy. (laughs) When we were really in the thick of it, I was like, it's not going to be that bad when I tell you <laughs> that it might all not be real. Oh, yeah, we just had to get to the fluffed up sensationalism to, you know, the stuff to sell the newspapers. I mean, yeah. Well, we had a really good cake break and cheese break, and we got to tell nice stories about our husbands. Mm-hmm. Um, good fodder for the Patreon, probably. I know. Should probably okay it with the husbands. <laughs> I mean, some of it, I think the first part of it, yeah, the second half, maybe not. Yeah. Do you want to tell everyone our socials? No. Okay. You have to because I'm not good at it. I learned while you were gone. 
so you can find uh, pictures and more on our Instagram and Facebook at the Tales We Tell podcast. And if you don't do the social media, but you want to see those photos and goodies, you can go to our website, thetaleswetellpodcast.com. And if you want to support us and get yourself some sweet, sweet swag, check out redbubble.com. Search The Tales We Tell. You can get our logo, uh, several different variations of our logo, actually. <laughs> we got a couple cool designs on pretty much anything. Yes. You dream it, you can get it, right? And if it's not available, send us a message and we'll make it happen. Make it happen. Uh, if you want to support us without getting yourself some stuff, uh, you can check out our Patreon, patreon.com, search the tales we tell. We've got bonus episodes and goodies and mini-sodes and such. Uh, and free stickers. Yeah. For being patrons. Free and stickers. You get love notes from us from time to time. Yes. Also, I promise that those new stickers that I told patrons that you would get they're coming i promise they're like Gemma has made them they're in the mail and she just they're lives just in europe yeah she just lives across an entire ocean so they take a minute so as soon bond. as we get them you will get them i have not forgotten about you guys i promise thank you for listening thanks for sticking with us katie thanks for coming over and helping me eat a cake and for this delicious wine that i'm glad was delicious and not uh-huh. sketchy And yeah, we'll see everyone next week. Bye. Bye.